0: Hi, Bobby here. You know, the geek guru. The guy that Chelsea Capri hates. Yeah, well, I'm just sitting here and I'm taking a poo. (laughs) And I decided to write a review on my favorite podcast, We The Gamer Cast, with Sean Capri. You know, you should listen in as well, and then you should probably write your own review. While you're taking a poo. I think Sean would like that.
1: Hey, Sean Capri, and welcome to episode 25 of a brand new rebooted We The Gamercast. It's hosted by WeTheNerdy.com, and it publishes every Monday on iTunes. Thank you so much for being here, thank you for listening, thank you for sharing, thank you for running up to the top of a mountain, and screaming, We The Gamercast is the best. <laughs> I know at least one of you have done that, so thank you to you, you know who you are. Uh, if you're new, every week I, I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet, and we talk about video games. And if you want to be part of the show, the best way to do that is to tweet at me, at Sean Capri, of course, at Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. Just, uh, just keeping things going, you guys. Oh, and if you like this episode, a little later we're gonna talk with Steve Tilly. Go back last week, I had Greg Kozlowski. He's a fellow best friend from the kind of funny community, and He just sort of, we just sort of met up and we're like, hey, we should talk. (laughs) And I, and I spent most of last week trying to convince him he should do his own show because, uh, he's got lots to say and he's a really awesome dude. I'm so grateful I had a chance to chat with him and really you guys, like that is, that's the whole idea of this show. I just, I, I mentioned to, uh, I was talking to Justin Masson yesterday from, from Nintendo Dads and we'll have his chat coming up next week. And I was telling him, you know, the whole idea of this podcast was, you know, when I walk into an EB games and I just strike up a conversation with the guy on the counter, the girl at the counter, and it's just like, before you know it, you're sitting there for about 20 or 30 minutes. You're like, maybe I should probably head home. They're like, I don't really care. They're just working. But that's the whole point. Is just, you don't need to be a podcaster, quote unquote, necessarily to, or even a content creator of any sort to love video games. And that is the whole spirit of the show. So I'm, I'm so grateful for last week. That was Last week's show was incredible. I, it, it totally encapsulates the entire idea of this thing. So if you like this chat with Steve Tilley if this is your first one, uh, maybe go back. But if you were here last week, you know how great it was anyway. So I don't have to, you guys could, you guys can just go fly fishing while I'm talking about this stuff. I don't know. Um, oh, and come say hi at the We the Nerdy Facebook group. That's where all these episodes go up. I am always posting there so you can, so you can come leave a comment there. Um, don't be, don't be a lurker. We're friendly. We're all nerdy. It's all good. So uh, come come to the Facebook group it's fun times um, if you were here last week you know that I recently got a library card <laughs> to rent video games so that that fun continues and um, so I was playing let's see what did I play from, from the library uh, continued with Tales of Zisteria. and uh, I, I'm dabbling in this game this is a weird one for me and it's a tough one because it's a library rental so I don't have this thing forever uh, I have it for another week or so, and I haven't really gotten into it as much as I probably should have. This is a very distracting time of year, and uh, I, this is my first Tales game. I didn't really know what to expect, so I'm glad that I've gotten a chance to see what this is all about, uh, but I think I'm gonna have to come back to this later. I, I don't know. I've tried Fire Emblem on my 3DS, and it, I think don't I? You guys are going to kill me if you actually know anything about these series because I've only dabbled in them just a little bit. But they seem kind of similar. I don't know if I like the combat in them. I know that we're trying to get away maybe from this turn-based stuff from the classic Final Fantasy stuff. But uh, as you'll find out in a bit, that's more where my or my preferences lie it seems these days. And uh, I say that because I just wrapped up Fire Emblem Fates. That I've got that since. I've had it since, uh, since it launched way back in, I guess it was February and put a good 40 or 45 hours into that. And just as Bravely Second was released here in the Americas, uh, on Friday, I had this like crazy rush to try and finish Fire Emblem about as fast as I possibly could. So that's awesome. Cause I'm now, I've just played maybe the first half an hour or so of Bravely Second and it seems like more of the same really i mean, there's a new set of characters uh some of the music is kind of reminds you of of the first game definitely and i'm just going through the whole this is different and i just have to get used to it it's an adjustment because there are new sets of characters and i sort of miss tiz and Ring a bell and anya is like they're not here so far <laughs> and so i'm just kind of getting used to this new cast and uh but i don't i think that i didn't like Ring a bell at the start if any of you guys have played bravely default Uh, I think I had to get used to him as well. So I'll let you know how that goes. I've just started this, so that is awesome. And then it's beta season. This is crazy. It's so distracting because I've got all these great new games that I can play that I've purchased. (laughs) Or I can play free free little tests of these games. And uh, the one thing that I've learned through this beta season is that I'm not that good at games, (laughs) at least not at online games. I played some Doom, and I died a lot. Uh, but it's tons of fun it's super fast I just I'm I'm conflicted on this because I know that I'm not very good and so I'm not sure if my distaste in the game is is out of a lack of skill or if I feel like the game is missing something which is also kind of a weird thing to say about a beta so betas for me are always strange I always hesitate to make like a full sort of judgment on a game I I if the intent is to get me hyped about a game, it they always fail at that. They always seem to push me away. Uh they give me a little bit of a taste about the game that I don't know if it necessarily illustrates like the entire game to me. So I always feel kinda weird about it. But I had a really good time. I'm glad that I had a chance to jump into Doom. It's super smooth. The multi multiplayer is totally fine. Uh I just don't know if I can handle getting shot in the face. <laughs> with a shotgun and dying. And then when I do it to somebody else, it seems that it doesn't always work. So I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how they would fix that or even if that's part of the plan. But my experience with Doom this weekend was a lot of rockets to the back of somebody and then I get one shot killed by it by somebody else. So, uh, but I don't know. I think there's more things to find. The level design, I think, was really great. Uh, it's conducive to ridiculously fast gameplay. And so, I think it's just when you get into most multiplayer games, except for Battleborn. That was the other game that I that I tried the beta for this weekend. And uh, the difference there is just the fact that it's a, obviously it's a hero based shooter. So you, you pick your character and everybody's got these different attack styles and different abilities. And your whole approach to the game and the way that you contribute to the team play is different depending on, which character you play as. And so I played first as a more of a melee kind of character. You reminded me of like a, like a stylized Mordecai, even though Mordecai had guns. Um, he seemed like a ninja. I don't remember his name, guys. I'm sorry. He had red swords. Um, that was actually one of the, t- I shouldn't have started with him. He was, he was more difficult to play as. The most fun that I had with this beta actually was just hitting random on the character select and just kind of getting kind of like what the first time you play maybe Street Fighter or, or Killer Instinct or something like that. And you don't really know, like, you know, sort of the basic mechanics of a shooter and you know generally what the, the goal and the objective of of the mode is um, but you don't know all the special moves the best way to go about this is just to pick I think random and then it you know there's they're not too short matches not too terribly long um, but you get a good sense by the end of the match I think that that's the good thing about this by the end of the match you feel like you've gotten to know that character pretty well and you'll know if you want to play with that character once again so kind of surprised by battleborn it didn't totally blow me away but i'm not sure that any beta totally will and so that was my beta season i've got bravely default i finished fire emblem fates and uh oh yeah i totally bought um ratchet and clank because everybody seems to think that it's amazing and i totally agree it's so charming it's like this is a must-have for every playstation 4 owner it came out of nowhere i have totally been keeping this thing out of my radar um Mostly because I never really played the Ratchet and Clank games. I didn't have, I didn't, I was not really into those 3D mascot kinda Banjo-Kazooie knockoff kinda, like that's what it was to me. It would seem like I totally marginalized this game throughout the PS3 era. So anyway, I won't belabor the point you guys. This I I've only played a few hours of this one. Obviously, I've been all over the place with games over this past weekend. So, I can't wait to dive into that one a little bit more. I think that I'll probably do a re- I'm I'm playing it as if I'm going to do a review, uh, but mostly just to get it done. I know that I'm way past where most of the reviews have already gone up. We didn't get a an early code with with So, but I might just I might just post a little something. So, stay tuned for that. Okay, well, that's enough about that. Let's get right into it. So we're going to talk to Steve Tilly from EP Daily and Reviews on the Run and, of course, from the Toronto Sun. Just from a few Twitter interactions, (laughs) I had a chance to to lock Steve down for about a half an hour just over this past weekend. It was an absolute honor and a privilege to be able to have that chance to talk to Steve, so let's get right into it. Here is Steve Tilly.
0: I I was really
1: actually going to ask you about kind of like you're my first guest who's from Edmonton
0: <laughs> Edmonton yes yeah,
1: so a little bit of Edmonton love I've actually moved out to Sherwood Park now
0: yeah um but every I spent time- a lot of time in Sherwood Park growing. I had a lot of friends in Sherwood Park when I was growing up oh did you so I was yeah like where in Edmonton did you grow up I grew up um primarily like in the uh, the west end around um uh, your know Metal Arc Mall is snap. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I went to Jasper Place yep. High School and uh um spent a lot of lunch hours in the arcades at West Seventh Mall. That was pretty much uh every lunch hour playing some Armor Attack <laughs> at the <laughs> arcade at West Seventh Mall. <laughs> Yeah, me and my buddy had a system down where uh, I don't know we just we almost got too good at the game. We could just like play for our entire like lunch hour on on like a quarter, or fifty cents, whatever it was. It's and, so uh, funny. Yeah,
1: it, uh, <laughs> it's so funny that you mention that because I recently got a library card to rent video games from the library, and mm. so I went to pick up my games. And the librarian, just your typical like old lady with the glasses, and just kind of like there to have fun and things like that. So I went up to pick up my video games, and she. This is the first time I've heard this mention about being good at a game. She's like, you're going to have these games for three weeks and you're going to be so good at them by the end. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's adorable. I haven't heard that since like the arcades.
0: <laughs> like, you don't you're to be like, so good, good at good. them. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> so I want to talk about like you kind of like growing up in Edmonton a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm curious. I ask a lot of people this if like they kind of had like a group of friends around them who are just as nerdy as them or were they kinda, like, were you kind of like, the, the nerd kid growing up with, with games and trying to, like, hide the fact that you were just obsessed about
0: Yeah. Like, when I look back on, on kind of my high school experience, I feel like I was really lucky because I had a group yeah. of friends um, who were – we were kind of like the like – just – we weren't nerdy enough to be, like, outcasts, but sure. we were never, like, cool enough to be part of, like, the, the, the cool group. <laughs> <laughs> but so it was good because like nobody ever picked on us. We never got like um, uh, like teased or anything like that for being nerds. Yeah. But we had a really like a cool group of like and a really kind of diverse weird group of friends. And I played a lot of um, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be dating myself here because when I was in high school, this is like way pre-internet. Okay, like way way pre-internet. Um, like we had uh, like the Commodore 64 was one of my favorite. Yes. Primary- scenes and like I, it's kind of weird i went from um like i had uh, uh an intellivision and atari back in the day and ColecoVision back yep. in the day and then i kind of skipped over right into kind of the beginnings of pc gaming at the time oh, sure yeah my friends are really into board games. Too. We played a lot of the old, um I'm not even sure if it's still around, but a company called Avalon Hill used to release these very complex war games that we were into. So we played a lot of like World War II war games, yes. a lot of Starfleet battles. Oh, man. We had epic Starfleet battles games. I was always the Klingons. The Klingons were, had the best. <laughs> Klingons had the B-10 battle cruiser, which at the time was the single biggest and best ship in all of Starfleet battles. So, yeah, I mean, I, I look back on that. And, I mean, Edmonton's still my home. I've lived in Toronto for about 10 years now, but um, I go home like... At least three or four times a year, and Edmonton's always going to be home for me. And um, I look back on kind of growing up at Edmonton, and I feel like I was really lucky. Like I really had a um, um, like a, a pretty good you know childhood, young adulthood, and a good group of friends, and we're into this this nerdy stuff that I was somehow able to spin into like what I do for a living.
1: <laughs> it's been kind of amazing. And at a time when it really wasn't a thing either. So I want to stick uh, still with uh, growing up a little bit here. Uh, like, how did you ever? like were your parents kind of encouraging you to get into this stuff or were you just pointing things out in the store going like i want that and like i i love finding out people's origin stories of like when they discover that they're a huge I, for me it was like uh the first time i think i saw an nes and actually it actually wasn't mario it was the teenage mutant ninja turtles game and how terrible oh, that awesome. was yeah. and like <laughs> how none of the characters were from the show or, or from the cartoon <laughs> or anything like that but so for some reason i was just i was enthralled with manipulating the thing on the tv that i knew from cartoons that you had i oh, was sure no yeah 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 like, so was it your parents kind of bought you this thing or were like your, your was your dad into anything like that or like what was the
0: what was the i, I like? think the original beginnings and again i'm going to sound like i just crawled up from the crypt That's when i say fun this though.
1: i love but, it uh, <laughs> uh,
0: when i was a young child my mom went back to university to get her um uh i think i think her her like a master's of uh some sort of Science discipline. I should know this, but um, on the weekends I used to go to to university with her, and like this is back when they had like computers were kind of a big deal, and in the computer yeah. lab they had this old school, ancient kind of ASCII text Star Trek game, where and again I'm going to sound so old. I say like, like <laughs> some people are going to not even believe this technology existed, but when you made a move on the uh, like on the command line of the screen, it printed out the result on a yes. piece of like a like like dot matrix paper right and it was just a little like i don't know like a 10 by 10 grid and the e was the was stood for the enterprise and and little asterisks were the stars and a k was a klingon ship and you had to input moves and whether you're going to fire phasers or fire photon torpedoes <laughs> and i got so into the idea that you could sort of be like in command of this this ship and and like like i like kind of like with you with the ninja turtles it was star yeah. trek it was, even though it was like only text based, and like Literally no graphics at all. It was something I knew and something I was I was uh, into, and it kind of grew from there. And then, um, a, a, like a buddy of mine way back in the day got uh, uh, an Apple II computer, and yeah. he was showing me like Castle Wolfenstein yes. on it. And I think that was when I got hooked. I yeah. was like, "Holy crap! You're like walking around this bunker shooting Nazis!" And and um, how old yeah, were you just... about that time when Wolfenstein? Oh out? boy! Well, I would have been in. Uh like grade, I've got to say grade six or seven around there yeah, when so I was
1: pretty young, like for yeah. the fact that you're shooting Nazis
0: in the face and stabbing German Shepherds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this is like, this is pre, like this is like the original castle. Wolf. this is like 2d yeah. Apple two castles. Castle oh, World. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 Or even like the, the first, first person shooters. Right. And, um, I don't know, something really, really grew out of that. And, um, I was also into like, like, like board games and into RPGs and, um, mm. Uh, we had like a D and D group that that we played with and um and it's funny, like I used to buy a lot of games, I used to buy a lot of RPGs, not so much to play them but just to like read the rule books Steady and get yeah, and get an understanding of how the rule systems work. So I found the whole idea of, of trying to simulate um worlds fascinating. Yeah. And um yeah, and then that kind of like look at where we are now where we were just talking about follow four and, and, and building our <laughs> right. segments. And, and you complaining know, about it too. <laughs> <laughs> I played like hundred hours and now I'm getting kind of bored of it. And yeah, I, like <laughs>
1: well it's not really what I wanted and it's really like not that pro- I was thinking it was gonna be a little something better, but
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of where my love of um kind of like uh, i guess traditional pen and paper games and video games came from man it's just uh so are it's you been carrying like the up. rule book for D around to school and things like that i was like... not quite that nerdy oh, okay. <laughs> like I, I at least i realized there was um not a i wouldn't say shame involved in it but like in, in high school or junior high you don't necessarily want to be you don't want to well i didn't want to go like full on nerd i'm the same. and and uh like so i used to have like uh um I used to actually take a lot of my Starfleet Battles to stuff to school and me and my friends would like talk about our games. But again, it was like, I don't know if it was a simpler time or I just got lucky or just Edmonton was uh, like the school I went to were, were good. But yeah. it was weirdly kind of um, a kind of live and let live uh, kind of atmosphere. Like nobody got really ever – Chastised and and you know there was even kind of a weird mingling back then of like the jocks like the rich jocks and and like the nerdy kids like they, there'd be like some kind of weird crossover and weird friendship. so it was kind of good it was kind of like I look back and think how lucky I was to kind of grow up during that time and, and and develop a love of gaming during that time total well it's funny so my brother and I will often talk
1: about being lucky the fact that we grew up on the north side in Edmonton and we oh, sometimes the north side, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about being lucky that we even survived. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah you don't want to venture too far north like how how far like we're getting to the like edmonton nitty-gritty yeah, yeah, here yeah so anybody who's from edmonton will know so um
1: like yeah. oh man it didn't get any further north than this it was like our house and then a field so a few <laughs> years ago um a house exploded in north edmonton we felt oh, yeah. it oh wow we felt like blocks away from that so yeah like north of castle downs or like okay. Lago Lindo kind of thing so yep. yeah okay um I'll just put my I'll put my internet or my address on the internet, and then uh, then you can know exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the? Um, yeah, growing up on the north side is hilarious. Uh, what was what was the family dynamic for you? Like, were you kind of like were you only child? I, I actually don't know if you had brothers or
0: sisters. Yeah, I was um, uh, I was the only child. My parents got divorced when I was quite young. I guess around when I was. I want to say I was four. And then my dad remarried when I was seven, and uh, or maybe when I was six around there. And um, my dad and my stepmom had a child. So I have a, what is technically a half brother, but I've, I've never, I never use the term half brother. He's right. my brother. He's always been my brother. My brother. And he was, uh, you know, he's kind of the classic little brother. And, he would kind of get interested in the stuff that I was interested in. And I had, again, this is ancient pre-internet days. I had a a BBS uh, set up in my, on my own phone line at home.
1: I don't
0: know what that is. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, no. Like (laughs) grandpa like pull up his Rocky chair and explain this to you. Back in my day, we had these things called bulletin board systems. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You would call, call into a computer Mm -hmm. and post messages. It was like very kind of, pre-internet chat room or pre-internet like uh forums i guess it would be the the modern counterpart so yeah i had a bbs set up and it was a kind of a weirdly popular one for edmonton and yeah, my brother would come in my room and he'd go through my stuff he'd you know like look at my games and um and mess around on my computer i'd yell at him and it's kind of funny because we went through the typical thing where when i got into my teens and i was you know you know, trying to have a social life and stuff like that. And he was quite a little bit younger and uh, he'd be like the bratty little brother. But now today we're, we're like best of friends. Oh, and, cool. uh, anytime I, I come home, he lives in St. Albert, which you will know Oh, awesome. anytime, anytime I come home, we like play, uh, you know, blood bowl or we, uh, you know, we, we play games together. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was kind of my thing. I, I was, I was an only child till, but I was, till I was about seven and then I had a brother and, um, show yeah the ways. yeah sure. show in the ways i don't know maybe i kind of influenced his like he's he's he went on to become a much cooler guy than i am I'm, i can happily admit that my brother is way cooler than i am <laughs> but he sort of went through his own nerdy phase kind of sure. uh uh being i think influenced or inspired by the, the type of stuff that i was into
1: yeah okay so i said i was stuck on bb8 for some reason bbs i i totally remember and i actually remember referring to it as the internet like I don't, but yeah. I. It obviously wasn't the internet. That's such a funny thing it, to. Be-
0: yeah, it was, it's pre-internet. Like the, we we had like multi-line uh, uh, chat systems, like very very early stuff before before you like this like before CompuServe or like, before AOL. Yes. Um, this was basically you would you would get a get the local computer paper and there'd be a list of phone numbers. Yep. You dial into with your you know your your three hundred baud or twelve hundred baud modem mm-hmm. and um, and just like read messages and post messages and send like email back before email was really a thing. And yeah, it was like this really uh, uh, kind of prehistoric version of the internet, but it's also, it's also how I met a lot of people and how I Mm -hmm. made a lot of friends with that scene. Like there was a a really um, great kind of uh, community of people. And it's kind of like you, you know, how you meet people online now, but it was, um, I don't know, way more innocent back then. It was way more, um, more of a hobbyist community, I guess. And, yeah, because uh, there was
1: this thing about it just like, can we all make this work? Like, we're, It was almost like we're in this together. Let's try and make this technology a thing or the fact that we're – it was almost like an exclusive thing too, right? Because you were the only one who could actually understand how it all fit together. Yeah, so it was yeah. kind I mean, of that whole clicky yeah. thing.
0: But it was good. It was like, like I said, I met a lot of friends that way, and uh, it was a great way to socialize um, kind of uh, before anything like Facebook mm-hmm. or, or anything like that came along. It was, uh, yeah, it was kind of fun. It was cool. I
1: actually downloaded, I think it was probably a 60 or 70 page strategy guide, just an all tech strategy guide for Warcraft 2. Actually, I don't even oh, know oh, Warcraft 2, but maybe Warcraft 1. But yeah, just I, I uh, dialed this thing up. And it was one of those like there was those dot matrix printers, so it's going line by line, <laughs> line by line, and you could always tell when somebody was doing something that they probably shouldn't be in our house, anyways, because <laughs> nobody's printing more than two pages because we're definitely not like we should be using the computer for like schooling and like doing right. like, book reports and things it's like that. And nobody's writing that. a seventy-page
0: book report in our. <laughs> uh, that's how like, I convinced uh, my my parents to. To help me buy my first computer, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do all my homework oh, yeah. on it. I'm gonna do like word processing." I I was just playing games, man. I was playing like Transylvania and you know Castle Wolfenstein, all the like the yeah. early, early Apple Apple computer games. But uh, I mean, that it, I think it helped me develop. I mean, I, I mean it helped me develop a um, you know a familiarity with technology before it was necessarily like a really mainstream part of culture. And uh, yeah, it helped me keep my my nerd fires burning all totally. through my. My young adulthood.
1: It was the best. It was like that Trojan horse of getting that that computer in the house, and it was for one thing, but you're totally yeah. like, yeah, you kind of like, okay, and I'm done, and I'm going to go play something else. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious if there's any time in your life where, like, you kind of stepped away from gaming, like, like especially for me, like, going into, when I went to high school, I went to Archbishop McDonald, actually, so it was mm-hmm. kind of close to, uh, I went from Northside to the West End, yeah. and um, right by Ross Shep. Right, right. And uh, when I when I left junior high, I kind of didn't want to jump into to high school and go, like, I'm, I don't want to be that nerd kind of guy. I kind of had, like, a clean start, cut so I kind of, like, separated that thing, mm-hmm. which is so weird. But, and like, if I were to, you know, if you were to go back and tell yourself anything, like, that's just so not worth it. And the fact is, everybody else is pretending that they don't like games, too. Everybody yeah. else has a GameCube at home. They've all got all these, like, PlayStations and things at home, too. So I'm, I'm curious if there's ever a time in your life where you kind of, like, stepped away from gaming or you just kind of thought, like, maybe this isn't for me anymore.
0: Yeah, I definitely did for a, a while. Um, I think like when I was in when I was in college, especially when I was in journalism school, it was um, it was uh, busy. I mean, school you know school gets busy, and yeah. very few of my friends were into the same kind of stuff. I, I didn't have really any any friends who were into to, to games and stuff like that. So there was a period, yeah, I'd probably uh, post high school for a, a good three or four years um, when I kind of moved away from it, and then I think after I started working again and then started making my own money and it was kind of like uh you know living on my own and, and setting my own rules um i kind of got back into it and i kind yeah. of uh, i got uh, actually way later i got a, an snes like years after it had been out oh awesome um, yeah i kind of went back and kind of got caught up on, yeah. on that side and then was that the uh, gap for you then was the Super yeah nintendo era yeah and, and i kind of i kind of skipped over the early nintendo era it's kind of weird yeah. um I was more into, again, like, the the, the the very burgeoning PC side of gaming back then um, on, like, the old Apple and the old Commodore computers, and I sort of missed the beginning of, of the true console revolution. So, yeah, I kind of went back and and, and revisited SNES um, afterwards, and then it kind of all snowballed from there, and sure. – um, I got uh, more into PC gaming. I kind of didn't get back into console gaming until probably around the Dreamcast era, I believe, nice. right now. Like so around two or nineteen ninety nine, I guess that was. Yeah. Um, and uh and then from then on, it's kind of like the two sides merge. So now like I have a good gaming PC and I have all the consoles. And again, it kind of blends into my job too. Like I I I looked into the best career that I could imagine, you know, going um Starting out as a general news reporter and then right. working uh, through various areas of news reporting into entertainment reporting, mm-hmm. at the same time managing to convince my editors <laughs> that uh, covering video games was actually a thing that could be done, and um, so I was able to kind of blend my my passions and my hobbies into my job, and uh, and it's worked out pretty well so far.
1: No kidding. So was it a fa- was it a matter of there just wasn't anybody else doing it, and you're kind of like, well, there's a gap here that we can cover, or was there Sort of like some traction coming from somewhere else where video games are starting to get a little bit of coverage.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, I had, I had editors who were sort of aware that gaming existed, sure. and and um but I honestly it was kind of a selfish thing. I, I wanted to have an excuse to write about games, an excuse, <laughs> to, you know, like work games in my job. So, I, way back from the beginning, it was strictly kind of a sideline thing to what else, whatever else I was doing. And then I managed to kind of convince um I, I started out the edmonton sun before i came to the toronto sun mm-hmm. i started uh, i managed to convince my editors edmonton and then the editors in toronto as well the my old editors in the entertainment section out here that games could be something that would be covered like television or like movies mm-hmm. and like everything else mm-hmm. in the entertainment section Like we've never put gaming in at least in print we've never put gaming into kind of like the tech section right it's always been part of entertainment and um yeah so i managed to convince them that this was a thing and it was I think again, it was kind of born out of, out of a selfish desire to be able to write about this stuff. But then, as people caught up and and there was more mainstream attention paid to games, it made us look like we were like way ahead of the curve. All totally. of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, like, yeah, we've put like we put Halo on the front of our entertainment cover. one, you know several times actually. Oh wow. And and now that looks like we were just like really really knew what was up. eating the trends, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I guess right
1: before like just the moment before Halo comes out, nobody knows that this thing is gonna be not even Microsoft knew that this thing was gonna be enormous right before that. So yeah, yeah. I'm curious about what kind of support you got from the papers when when this was a new thing. Like were they providing you with games, or are you still kind of like
0: buying games on your own and providing your like yeah. experience with them? Like I think anybody um anybody who's who's like any any of us who've tried to get in this business know how hard it can be to Mm. make those contacts initially and and kind of get on the radar of of publishers um so at the time i would have been buying some games um and then over the years i've been been doing this i mean i'm trying to think how long i've been like sort of professionally covering games um at least 15 years now i guess if you like if you if we think back to when i first started like writing about games or covering games as part of my job it's been at least 15 years now yeah. and back at the beginning you know um nobody knew who who the this newspaper chain was especially being in canada it's hard too because so many of the right. publishers are u.s based um but yeah i've developed those relationships over the years and and um even now it's, it can still be hard and the landscape has changed so much and and i'm part of legacy media right like i work for a uh, even though we have a huge online presence we're we're still also a newspaper chain right and um that's both a good and a bad thing it's it's good in that we're one of the very few um mainstream media companies who cover games and we have a big enough footprint that that makes a, a big deal but it's also like there's just you know there's so many prolific um youtubers and bloggers and 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 Strictly online sites out there that there's a lot of people who mm-hmm. need to be served, and it, yeah, it's uh, it can be kind of tricky to get into the business, but also it's it's a lot of work to maintain your presence in the business too. Totally.
1: So the, today is the day that you announce that you're launching your very own YouTube
0: channel, the Steve Chilly <laughs> YouTube channel. Of... I've I've thought about it. I don't think I have necessarily the the, uh, the, the personality uh, to be a, a good a good YouTuber, um, and I've seen a lot of uh, really greatly produced like let's plays yeah. and and stuff that just don't get traction they get like you mm-hmm. know five thousand views maybe and and i see a lot of work going to these videos so I, I know it's you know you know pewdiepie people like him kind of kind of got into it at a good time like mm-hmm. five years ago or whenever when it was still a relatively new thing but now everybody sees how there's all these really prolific youtubers and and I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to become a YouTube star, too. But there's just so much competition. It's just totally. so thick with people doing it and some really talented people, too. Um, so I think – I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> an arena that I could wade into successfully.
1: Oh, so – OK. um, So no YouTube channel for today. That That's OK. I, I... – <laughs> <laughs> this is great because I get to do this sort of just for fun. I, I met up with a guy and we've doing this site and it's just kinda like, let's just see what the heck we can do with this. And it was yeah. actually on a on a Vic's basement where he's just like, just do it for fun. Don't even think about like any of the rest. And I've totally taken that advice to heart and uh just having an absolute blast doing this. And so uh I just wanted to one more a couple more things before I let you go here. Um You kind of mentioned growing up with games, but I see you covering kind of the full spectrum of entertainment, tech, mm. and games, like where do you see yourself going uh, in the next few years? Like where is, is it, is your heart with games? And you don't have to just say that because we're talking about games today. No, I mean,
0: there was some some way to a lot
1: of of phone uh, reviews and a lot of tech stuff. So yeah, I'm just curious about that.
0: Well, my time in Toronto, I, when I first came to Toronto, I came into a job, into an entertainment role. Um, Then I spent about, I think about three years as a tech, actually a tech reporter. They created this position and slotted me into it. And that was cool. Um, And then they, said actually we're not going to have this position anymore we're gonna put you back in the entertainment i'm like all right sure. whatever you know yeah. but um i mean if there was some way to do what i do a full time like being a full-time games writer yeah. that that i mean i would do that in a heartbeat but also i love like i love i love superhero movies i love sci-fi i love oh, I yeah. love a whole spectrum of genre entertainment you know i love uh uh you know game of thrones i mean that's i mean, that's everybody loves game of thrones but I like, that's kind of that's kind of my jam and yeah. somehow i've 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 sort of been able to get to again purely by luck this had nothing to do with anything with me i just kind of so canadian by the way what I, yeah what, <laughs> i just feel like i just locked into one step after another and now i've yeah. reached a point where i get to cover games as part of my job i write like a, a a gaming feature or review for the the sun or for the post media we're part of post media now for the the post media papers each week um and then, of course, I did reviews in the run, Electric Playground for for the five or six years, and but I also get to like, you know, cover the new Captain America and like cover awesome. Deadpool and cover like I just got back. This is like, it's, you know, I've got to the point now where, where I complain about it. I'm like, oh, I gotta go to L.A. again. But I just got back from a trip where I went to San Francisco and L.A. for yeah. four days. To do the uh, a preview of the Gears of War for
1: awesome beta that's yeah.
0: launching uh, right away. Um, and then I went to L.A. to do the interviews for uh, Captain America: Civil War, and then I did uh, interviews for the Deadpool home video launch. So it was like Gears of War, Civil War, like, and and Deadpool three back to back. And this is what I do for work. This is my job. And I just like I wh- how how does it get any better? So totally. where it goes from here, honestly, I don't know. I mean. Um, Again, like legacy mainstream media is in a lot of trouble uh, all over the place, but especially in Canada. Um, And I don't know. I mean, who knows if if these jobs will even exist, if jobs like mine will even exist in a year or two um i'm not sure what my end game is um you Maybe know getting I've, into game development do you
1: see yourself writing for for games or anything i would like love that? to do
0: that Come i'd like to, to
1: edmonton that. go work with bioware <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like to do that. um the thing is though like companies like bioware or ubisoft they are so good at what they do that yeah. they have the ability to basically pick the the top talent and i think unless you're somebody like like sam Megs just moved to edmonton to to work for bioware and uh a buddy of mine um uh, Mitch, Mitch from Dyer, IGN, yep. yeah, he's gone to Montreal to work for to write with Yay uh, Motive with uh, Jade Raymond there. So there are people in the biz who who do that, but you have to be ferociously talented um and um and it doesn't help to have like i remember one time i was looking at a bioware writing job and they said submit the last three novels you've written I'm oh like, good oh, lord okay well that's the bar I we're aiming at here <laughs> yeah. My first
1: novel right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean i would love to do uh some some form of writing or, or development i mean i wish i wish now if i could rewind things i might uh, I, I don't have an aptitude for for math, unfortunately. But yeah. if I if I applied myself and, and got into coding and and design, I have no artistic talent either, so I can't do like anything art based. So yeah, I mean, I would love to get into games, but my skill set is so limited for what I could do in games. I'm not sure if it's really realistic. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll I, see. I think you're being a little bit too humble. Uh, I think that there's probably a little
1: bit of art, artistic. Uh, talent there so uh, I'll, I'll leave you on this I'm curious if um, what have you been playing and if you have a game of the year
0: so far this year that you're kind of like this is the thing to beat oh, boy. so far this year I'm trying to think what I'm uh, I i I'm, it's not it didn't come out this year but I'm still hopelessly addicted to Rocket League um, oh yeah it's just a beautifully designed game it's one of those games where I've, I don't even want I cannot even think about how many hours I put in this game but it's one of those games that you feel yourself still getting better at the longer yes. you play um
1: still I mean, on playstation you're playing or have you kind of moved PS4. together actually I,
0: I i've dabbled on on both the xbox one and the steam uh uh versions uh, but okay. uh, most of my friends are on ps4 so, um so rocket league uh what i'm playing right now is uh, uh i've got the the htc vive the vr oh headset, yes and i'm I've always been fascinated with VR and Mm -hmm. I've been so looking forward to finally seeing the beginnings of kind of the VR revolution. And even though the tech is super expensive and clunky and, and, and it's not really user friendly, there are moments in there that are just blowing me away. There's, there's one game in particular called space pirate trainer, I think. Okay. And you use the Vive controllers as guns and you're basically like Neo in the matrix fighting drones. You're, you're moving around, (laughs) dodging bullets and like, like two hand firing your guns and, <laughs> and you can like flick one of the guns into a shield and ricochet their shots back them and it's like awesome it's the simplest game and if you're playing playing it on a on a like a 2d screen with the controller it would be kind of boring it would just sure. there's nothing innovative about it but when you're moving around a space yeah. I, I have to push all my furniture out of my, my living room to this <laughs> work. or you're moving around in a space and like literally ducking and dodging bullets and pointing controllers naturally as you would point a gun mm-hmm. it's just it taps into something really weird and i think like right now vr is standing
1: just, when you're playing or are you yeah still, like, standing of dodging your
0: chair? jump oh yeah yeah i mean there are seated there are a lot of like sit down vr experiences but sure. the, the, the room scale vr stuff is the stuff that's really really interesting yeah. and yeah so i'm literally dodging and, and ducking <laughs> and and uh yeah it's a lot of fun so i can't really see where that goes i mean right now it's still really in its infancy but five years from now ten years from now when we're slipping on a very light slim pair of goggles and tapping into these like almost photorealistic worlds that's gonna be mind-blowing that's gonna be like like ready player one kind of stuff it's gonna be like really tapping into another another kind of reality and i'm Mm -hmm. so curious about how that's going to affect us and how that's going to affect how we interact with each other and i mean if you have a not great life but you can put on a technology and Trick your brain into thinking you're in a much better place. Mm -hmm. What's you know? How's that going to affect people? And how's that going to? I'm just it's all fascinating, but it's so much fun to play. And so right now I'm playing (laughs) this dumb little like space pirates like shooting game and i can't get enough of it
1: i love it i'm just picturing <laughs> just like people in a row if you had like a multiplayer game and everybody's got their masks on and they're yeah. just like kind of like bumping into each other but because <laughs> you, you lose uh, all inhibition you're just kind of like i guess i'm in this world and i guess that i'm
0: yeah i think i'm moving really
1: cool but i'm not athletic at all <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh that's hilarious well is there anything that you wanted to, to talk about before I, I let you go back to uh covering Civil War, Gears of War, all these other. Yeah, things. Yeah, no,
0: actually, it's been a, it's been a really. Uh, I mean, again, I can't complain about my job, but it's been really busy. I've been writing a lot of Game of Thrones stuff too. I went Good. to, again, this is this is this is my job. I went to Spain to visit some of the sets. And oh I went wow. To interview the cast. Yeah. So I, but I come back from these things with just hours of interview that I have to transcribe and and package into, into stories. So I've been doing a lot of that. I'm actually taking uh, a week off now to just literally. Um, I hope my boss doesn't hear this because I told him I <laughs> might be going out of town. But I'm just going to literally stay at home and like, get caught up in it and yeah. play some Fallout. And play, believe it or not, things like Minecraft. Like I love nice. just wiling away hours of Minecraft. Yeah, and I just picked up Dark Souls 3. Um, <laughs> like died, on the
1: other I, end of the spectrum. I don't I
0: like, like, Dark Souls. Gentle, happy Minecraft getting my, my butt kicked in Dark Souls 3. But yeah, I'm just looking forward to kind of um, taking some uh, some really chill time to just spend my days like, reading and gaming and uh you know and walking around like i feel like i've lived in toronto for 10 years and yet i don't really get enough time to get out and, and explore the city so that's what i'm looking forward to doing but um beyond you know that's that's in your term the the far term who knows um yeah. we're, we're an industry in flux um but gaming is becoming so so big mm-hmm. it's uh, i'm not sure where things are going to go but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see seeing uh, what the destination is there
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. This has been awesome. Oh, Sean,
0: thanks. It's been awesome. And I hope we can do it again sometime.
1: And we're coming out of the music. (laughs) It's fading out. And we're going into the nice little outro here. Thank you so much, Steve, for taking the time out of your day and your hugely busy schedule. It was a dream come true, and right at the end, he's like, yeah, well, let me know if you want me to come back. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that I will. So stay tuned for that. I'm hoping to lock something down um, in the coming weeks here. Hopefully maybe in time for E3, might do something a little special for E3. Uh, that's always a fun time. I love E3. That's that's pretty much. And I because I don't I say that because I don't go. <laughs> I don't know if that ruins it for some people. Just being in all the crowds and and all the craziness there. So thank you again to Steve, and I look forward to hopefully having you back on the show, and I hope to have other past guests on the show. And wow, great segue right into shoutout time. Shoutouts to Greg Kozlowski, Noah Todd, Kaylee Woomer, Zyger, Josh and James from the Life of Gaming podcast, Arctic Sloth or Franklin Sizemore from the PlayStation Report, Ray, Lee and Rebecca from the Nerd Overdrive podcast, Bobby, Allen, Toby and Holly from the Geekcast, Brock from BrockDMcLaughlin.com, and my boy Seamus from Australia. Seamus Mullins, this doesn't happen without you. You are the first and the most something. I don't... (laughs) You're the best, man. Thank you so much for for doing this. You are on episode 11. We just did episode 25. Time flies. Holy crap. Okay, so you guys can follow Steve on the Twitter at Steve Tilly, S-T-E-V-E-T-I-L-L-E-Y. And we'll finish up here, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. And if you like what's happening with this podcast, a rating would be huge. A written review would be even better. Um, but hitting the subscribe, telling a friend, tweeting about it, letting me know that you even like the show. Just tweet at me, at Sean Capri. that's Sean like Conner and Capri like the pants. And, uh, oh, you can email me, too, at WeTheGamerCast at WeTheNerdy.com. I love all the feedback. It pretty much gets me up out of bed every day. <laughs> Oh, and I should probably also say uh, WeTheNerdy.com hosts this beautiful podcast, so be sure to go there each and every day for video game reviews and opinion pieces and a whole bunch of comic book stuff. So, yeah, maybe stay tuned. I might have my my Ratchet and Clank review going up there pretty soon. And maybe even a movie podcast. That could be happening. I don't even know if that's an enticing teaser, but uh, <laughs> more to come on that later guys. Otherwise... This has been episode 25 of We The Gamer Cast. It is now in your ears. Thank you again for listening, and have a great week. Now it's time for Jason! 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 Jason!
0: Jason! Jason!